I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Where's 
stop working. Starting with our Old Testament lesson in Exodus 16, 2 through 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And in that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. And so Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening... Quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp, and then the layer of dew lifted. There on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. And then our gospel reading today. So they said to him, this is Jesus, so they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. We just heard that story. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to all the world. 
And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. I have the distinct pleasure today to introduce you to my colleague, my friend, uh, one of the nicest darn people you'll ever meet. I mean, seriously, (laughs) nicest person on the face of the earth. Um, The Reverend Dr. Randy Orndorff, (laughs) who is going to lead us in our third part of this sermon series on Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Pastor Michelle. Yeah. Well, greetings, Kingtown community and uh, other family and friends who might be tuning in today for our live stream. These are crazy times. Actually, Michelle preached at uh, our Altersgate UMC service talking about Jesus being the light of the world. So when she used that cloud reference, that's what she talked about. You can tune in and watch that uh, later in the week at our Altersgate UMC webpage as well. Uh, but really, really feeling honored to uh, share the message with you today. Some of you may remember back, I think, in January, uh, our son Josh uh, shared a message there with you at Kingstown as well. So we're grateful that the Orndorff family's got such a good connection with Pastor Michelle and your church family. So today, uh, I realize you're in a series about the Lord's Prayer, and you're talking about give us this day our daily bread. The truth of the matter is, the folks that we heard about in the Old Testament lesson that Michelle shared, they just never seem to be satisfied. After Moses led the people out of Egypt and out of bondage and slavery, they are now on their way to the so-called promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only this was going to turn into a very long journey in the wilderness one where God will teach, form, and even reform God's people. And that was over 40 years. Interesting, we find ourselves in a bit of a wilderness today, being in a place where we have never been or really truly traveled before as a nation and as a world. Along the way, there is much grumbling and complaining. If we could have just died as slaves in Egypt, they said, Mm -hmm. It's like they did not know what to do with their newfound freedom. They thought remaining slaves and doing hard work was more attractive than being on this long journey to a promised land that they've never seen or experienced. Frankly, they all, all they ever knew was the confines of slavery. They had no idea of what freedom actually felt like or how to live as free people. And sometimes our most basic of needs can cause us to seek less than God's best for ourselves. Their stomachs truly were speaking louder than what their heart's deepest longings had to say to them. The cry was basically, we need food. And in their grumbling and complaining, what grace that God heard them. God had not brought them out of Egypt to starve the whole assembly to death. God did want them to learn to trust that God would provide for them and learn to be satisfied. God provides two things, as you heard, morning and evening to feed the Israelites, quail at twilight and the manna, the bread of heaven, in the morning. 
They were to gather as much manna as they needed. They could gather a little or a lot, but only what they needed for that day, no more, except on the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much as on the seventh day, God and the people as well were to rest. If they gathered more than what was needed, do you know what would happen? It would spoil by the next morning, and the scripture is very clear that it would turn maggoty. And still, some people paid no attention to Moses and took more than what they needed. It's kind of, uh, if I can say it, the hoarding mentality that we're dealing with a bit. And I say this in a little bit of a humorous way, if you'll just bear with me. You can eat manna, but you can't eat toilet paper, okay? And we notice there's this big rush and people getting more than what they actually needed. So just think about that. God will provide what we need and only ask us to take what we need. But what a gift. What came to be called the bread of heaven or manna, the bread that came down from heaven. Now, the interesting thing is that after a while, the people grew tired of the miracle of manna it was hard to keep the people satisfied. They wanted more. I mean, even eating cucumbers back in Egypt as slaves seemed more appetizing than manna every day. But the truth of the matter is, I wonder how long cucumbers would have tasted good for them. Do you ever grow dissatisfied? Do you have times in life where you just want more? I think that's a common desire that many of us have one that we either give into or one that we learn to control. We hunger for many things in life and sometimes those appetites are for good things and sometimes not. One tends to lead down a road of living rightly and wisely and one will lead us down a road of destruction. We know most of those grumbling and complaining Israelites never made it to the promised land. And let's be careful in the days ahead to make the most of the days even as we seek to stay well and let's check in on family and, and neighbors and let's be in prayer as we've been encouraged to for the most vulnerable. Let's watch our, our grumbling and let's watch our complaining on this Lenten journey that we find ourselves on. Now move ahead with me a few thousand years and we find Jesus teaching on a grassy hillside at a place called Bethsaida near the Sea of Galilee. This story is one that appears actually in all four Gospels. And the people grow hungry through the day as Jesus is teaching them. And if you read John, the whole chapter 6 gives you that story. There is a discussion about how to feed all the people. The scripture says there are about 5,000 men. If we're to add children and women, some estimate that it might have been around 15,000 people on the hillside that day. Philip says it would cost about eight-month wages to feed everyone, and that today is actually only about 75 U.S. dollars, but they didn't have that kind of money as fishermen in those days. So Jesus has them all sit down, and Andrew discovers there's a young boy who happens to have five small barley loaves and two fish in his picnic basket. Gratefully, he is willing to share what he brought. Jesus, in classic Jesus form, takes the bread, he gives thanks, and then he has it distributed to all as much as they wanted, 
and there were even leftovers which were gathered. The scripture says 12 basketfuls of leftovers. Now much can be said about this story. I think for me it's the next part of the story that's really intriguing. Jesus now goes to the other side of the lake and people discovering that he's gone trail him. A conversation ensues where Jesus says, you're looking for me not because you want another miraculous sign, but because you want some more food, bread, that spoils. Don't work for food that spoils, but for food that leads to eternal life. Then the conversation turns back historically, as you noticed, to the bread from heaven that Moses gave, the manna. That's when Jesus says, the true bread of heaven has come down, and he offers this I am saying, saying, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And that's the nature of the conversation then to the end of chapter 6. Finishing with, your forefathers ate manna and died, but they who feed on this bread will live forever. Have you ever had those times in life you felt empty? dissatisfied, longing for more or better or bigger. The people were full, but noticed they weren't satisfied. It's interesting that a key component in the Lord's Prayer is us asking God to do what? Give us this day our daily bread. Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly, we ask for daily bread, knowing when we do, what God offers us for any given day will be enough. And that's true for this season that we are facing. If we will just not be anxious, but in all things, make our prayer requests be made known to God and be attentive to the needs of others. The challenge is many have a drive for fullness versus being satisfied. Paul says in Philippians 4, 11 through 12, a verse that's helped me many times, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. And there's one word that really sticks out there for me, and that's the word learned. Paul used it twice. Can our spirits be settled amidst the fear and the chaos that seems to go on around us? And can we find that way that we can learn to be more content and satisfied in what God is doing for us? Maybe Jesus has done something in your life for which you're truly grateful. You recognize the blessing, and it lasts, well, at least for a while. As time passes, we tend to forget. Think about it. It takes the crowd 25 hours to be removed from a miracle, and now they're asking Jesus, what can you do for us now, Jesus? They want more so they can, the scripture says, believe in him. But isn't what Jesus already did enough for them to believe? Jesus senses their grumbling and complaining spirit. He now begins talking about himself being the bread of life come down from heaven. He says, your forefathers ate the bread given by Moses to manna and they died. If you eat this bread I offer, you will live. This bread will satisfy completely and lead to eternal life. It gives us what we often call blessed assurance. And every time we break bread and drink from the cup, we remember Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life. Eat this bread, hunger no more. Drink this cup from the vine, this blood, and when you do, you remain in me, and you'll draw strength. As the story wraps up, many who were following felt this was a hard saying, 
and many disciples turned back. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, will you turn back as well? So often a drive for fullness makes it hard to enjoy what we do have. A better spouse, a better job, a better car, a better church. How often have we walked away from someone or something or someone walked away from us? You know, I grew up hearing and knowing the grass is not always greener on the other side. But still, sometimes we wonder about that, and that's what causes us to wander, and then we're like sheep that have gone astray. How do we learn to live with the satisfaction of knowing God will take care of us every day, one day at a time? Well, that's hard for me to do, I'll admit it, because it's not my personality as an achiever. It's hard sometimes for me to slow down and rest and, and trust, but yet, in a way, this season that we are going through seems now to offer that to many of us. And yet Jesus is saying that's what real life and true life looks like. My Father who gives you true bread from heaven, he gives life to the world. Otherwise, we worry, we fret, we overly strive, and that turns into us striving for what benefits us and not what benefits God. Jesus offers satisfaction. But too often we want fullness. And just as an example, it looks like me eating six more bites of food than I need to because I was told when I grew up to clean up my plate and to remember lots of people around the world don't have food to eat, so clean up that plate. And what we did with our kids is we just turned that into a happy plate is a clean plate. But now I'm stuffed and, and I'm full and I don't feel all that great. And I think, man, I've got to get to the gym. And how can I discipline myself to eat a few less bites? But the point is this. Fullness is not what Jesus is offering. Jesus wants us to be satisfied, to know life is good and that we're blessed. I've seen this on mission trips to Cuba and Honduras. Just for people to have a loaf of bread to eat is a really big deal. It's hard for most of us to understand because we can choose from a multitude of bread choices. And I know Pastor Emily or Pastor uh, Michelle just mentioned to you, uh, grab some bread and eat along as we share in our message today. But there's all shapes, all sizes, makes, barley, wheat, oat, rye, pumpernickel. We tend to be a bit spoiled with the 138 varieties of bread that there are on the market. I remember my father sitting down for dinner, and if there was no bread on the table, he would ask, where's the bread? And that's exactly, it didn't matter whether he was in a restaurant or at home or at a church supper, he'd say, where's the bread? Because he wanted his bread. And the truth is, I love bread too. And unfortunately, bread loves me a bit. But do I love, do you love the bread of life more? We can fill our lives with lots of things, because, like, for one thing, there's noise all around. Just walk in a restaurant and there's multi-sensory overload with TV screens tuned into different programs. We keep the TV on, listen to the radio, and silence eludes us. Am I afraid of silence? We can fill our lives with communication. Our devices are hardly ever more than a step or a pocket away. And often we have two or three communications going on at one time. I've discovered it's, it's too much for me to process it all sometimes. And I know it's bad when my wife, Leanne, asked me, Did you hear me? And I have no clue what she said. And life is full of things. 
or stuff, if you will. I know it's true because we moved here eight months ago and had all this stuff to sort through, and I'm glad to say got rid of so much stuff, and yet there's still a lot of stuff. Having more stuff does not equate into more satisfaction. It might equate into more debt or more responsibility or more time and energy to take care of it all, but not more satisfaction or contentment. What is it you can't live without? What is it I can't live without? And just know we all struggle with this in our culture. Maybe one thing that could help is something that we practice in our Christian lives called fasting. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where we give up something for a short time. Most tie it to food or sweets, but it's not really a diet. It's so we can learn not to depend on what we put into our bodies or consume, but to spend time learning to depend on God, to spend time with Jesus, the bread of life, who wants to feed us spiritually. In fact, often the scripture is considered to kind of be the bread of life that we feed on God's word. And when we do this, I believe it helps us with God meeting our deepest needs and longings. I think the Lenten season invites us to try fasting. Today, many fast from technology, from being on Facebook, Instagram, watching TV, or at least adjusting time spent on these things so you can spend more time with God, your family, and maybe even feeding others. Because you see, that's an interesting part of the story. Jesus blesses and breaks the bread. But who is it that serves the bread? His disciples. I have discovered, and I would guess you have too, that making an effort to help others provides a satisfaction that can't be found if fullness is all that we're seeking. I'll never forget a top trip. Uh, top stands for Teens Opposing Poverty, and I had the privilege of being the board chair for that for about eight years. That ministry started at Pleasant Valley United Methodist Church nearly 30 years ago out in the Chantilly area, uh, ministering to the homeless on the streets of Washington, D.C. But it happened that the church youth group in Culpeper, where I was pastoring, was on a trip down to D.C., and it was a cold, blustery November day. We'd given out all the food and all the socks, all the fresh underwear, coats, gloves, long johns, and hats. And I watched as one of our chaperones was approached by a homeless man, and I didn't hear the conversation. All I know is I saw her take off her beautiful Harley Davidson sweater and hand it to the homeless man with a hug. Knowing that she and her husband had recently came to church and how God was working in their lives, honestly, my eyes just filled up with tears. It did again when I wrote this story out to share. We loaded up that day and headed home, and the truth is we couldn't even talk about it. Later, I shared with Dawn, that was really a big thing you did. Because you see, it's one thing to hand a coat to someone that's been donated by somebody else, but it's another to take it off your own back. She shared that her heart had never been more full, more satisfied than when she offered someone in need something that God had blessed her with. And I, I believe many of you probably know what I mean. And she continues to share her life, her things, her blessings with those in need, that they may be fed. The bread of life has said to us, his disciples, you offer them something to eat. Here's how Methodist pastor Rob Fugway puts it. We discover the value of the journey when we make Christ our sustenance. When Jesus is my bread of life, I can let go of that need to get all I can for myself and to have life my way. I am now free to give, to share, to enjoy 
I can say to God, Lord, you've already given me what I need for satisfaction, so I'm just going to enjoy it and look for ways to share it. And during these days of challenge that we face, maybe we can look for ways not just to be fed, but find ways to feed others as well. Listen to these words from Mary Lou Redding from the Lord's Prayer book that she wrote. Every day God waits for us to pray in gratitude and trust, asking for what we and what others need. Some days we ask for courage and some days we ask for healing. Some days for the ability to love and some days we ask for food and clothing. Some days for strength to get through a challenge that we prefer not to face. She continues, God hears our honest prayers and responds. There's much that is sacred in every day. And through these abundant small miracles, God calls our name, asking us to pay attention. Praying for and offering daily bread is one way we show God that we are listening. And maybe part of our prayer right now could be, Oh God, give us this bread. Amen. Let's Amen. pray together. Amen. Well, gracious God, your son Jesus is the bread of life who provides for all our needs and knows the deepest longings of our hearts. Mm -hmm. May you, Lord Jesus, who proclaims, I am the bread of life, come now and feed us, nourish us, and satisfy our daily needs, helping us to enjoy what we have and to always be willing and ready to share it with others one day at a time. Help us place our hope and trust in you, the one who helps us overcomes our fears with the gift of peace. Help us remember, God, when we put our problems in your hands, that you'll place your peace in our hearts. Amen. 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 Thank you. Trust in Him and you will not fail.